Moon Podcast Escalation! I'm Jordan D. White. I'm Chris Sims. And this is Sailor Business. That's right. This is the podcast where Jordan and I and a special guest uh, watch and review every single episode of the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime. And for the second episode of the show, we have a very special guest uh, that I would like to introduce. Uh, Juliet Kahn has joined us. Juliet, hi. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Now, uh, Juliet, we... We both work for the same website. We both work for Comics Alliance. That's true. Uh, we did not meet until just a few weeks ago at San Diego. And I'm pretty sure, I think we might have met on the floor once, but I, what I remember is that we were all uh, in the bar and I had my stack of Sailor Moon action figures and you just sat down and you were like, oh, can I see those? I mean, I like, I think the next day, actually, I went to the SH Figure Arts booth and I'd been kind of waffling the whole weekend, like, oh, do I want to spend the money? Because I'm not a huge collector. But after seeing them like in person and they're all nice and shiny and like even like the episode appearance order, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's got like Mercury followed by Mars, followed by Jupiter, followed by Venus. Oh, man, they look really good. They look really cool. And then I mean, the fact that like Venus came with her mask and you were like, look, she comes with like two and like, look at all these different faces. And I, I went out the next day and bought every single one they had left. Yeah, that's the SHV Yards made a they made a significant portion of money off us. <laughs> I am so uh, jealous of those figures. I, I didn't I don't have any of the Sailor Moon figures uh, from from that line, and I they are gorgeous. I, I wish I had them all. I've been trying to cut back on ridiculously expensive things that I technically don't need, but I want them so bad. <laughs> well, I I got into those figures because um, they were making common rider figures, and you know it's. It's essentially the only common writer thing you can buy in America. Oh wow. So I was like, well, I, I I love this show. I want to monetarily support this show. I guess I'm an action figure guy now. <laughs> uh but then when they announced they were doing Sailor uh Sailor Moon figures, it, that was it for me. And I got home and I think I mentioned this on the podcast already. I did spend an hour recreating uh, their transformation sequence poses. Oh, that's I, awesome. I looked, I looked them up. I made sure it was accurate. They are on my shelf in their poses. I, I will say before, I mean, now back before Crystal started be, its build up, I, I would go to, when I would go to conventions, I would just be like, is there anything Sailor Moon around? And I, I would try to buy anything I could. The first time I went to San Diego Comic Con, I actually did buy a, a cell from Sailor Moon. Um, and I love it. I, I did again. I didn't have a ton of money to spend, so I bought like I was managed to get one for like fifty bucks. And it's a ridiculous sell of Serena making a bizarre face, but I adore it. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to be watching uh, Punishment Awaits. The House of Fortune is the Monster Mansion, which is episode two. Uh, you can follow along. Uh, we are watching the episodes on Hulu, so we get to see um, a guy singing to plants a lot. Yes, badly lip syncing. Yep. Uh, I get to Samuel Jackson wanted to interrupt my Sailor Moon experience to sell me a credit card uh, <laughs> multiple times. Uh, but before we do that, uh, Juliet, uh, let's go with uh, let's go into your history with the franchise. How did you become a fan of Sailor Moon? Well, I don't remember exactly what the year was, but it was 1998 or 1999. Um, I was in the third and fourth grade, and I 
don't remember the first episode I saw. It was somewhere in the middle of the first season. Um, and I became completely obsessed with it absolutely immediately. And for a while, I thought I was the only person who liked it. I remember it somewhere around this time, my parents got their first computer. And I remember going to Yahoo search and being like, if I put Sailor Moon in, I wonder if anything will come up. Probably not. I don't think anybody watches this but me. <laughs> like, but I mean, why not try? So I put it in and of course I got like a million results back and I was just completely blown away. So I fell like deep into that rabbit hole of GeoCities and Angel Fire pages. And, um, and at some point I realized that every girl in my third grade class loved Sailor Moon. We just hadn't talked about it. So, you know, everybody of course had, you know, they, they're, they're senshi. And of course, you know, the most popular girl was Sailor Moon and her best friend was Sailor Venus. And at that point, the only one left was Sailor Saturn. And I'm like, who's Sailor Saturn? So Nan Hogan was the most popular girl. And she was like, oh. Well, let me tell you that <laughs> in Japan, there's like a million more episodes. And I'm like, no, you're lying. And she's like, Saturn is like really cool. Like she, her power is death. It's just death. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so I went online and I'm going to like assume that this is 30% of the reason that I had a serious goth phase. But um, but I, I got really, really into it. And, you know, I, I, I was really lucky. I know you guys were discussing in the last episode um the weird wasteland of the early 90s trying to find, you know, any kind of anime. And of course, they're only ever being like, Ghost in the Shell and Appleseed, you know, at every blockbuster. I, compl I like, just missed that by a hair. Like, I, when I started getting into anime and manga, that's when Tokyo Pop started. And that's when, like, you know, they started bringing over things. I mean, in, like, really haphazard fashion, but I got into it and suddenly it was like, oh my goodness, well, here's, you know, oh my goddess, and here's, uh, you know, and here's Sailor Moon, and here's Dragon Ball, and here's, I mean, a whole bunch of other forgettable crap that I can't even think of right now, but, like, it happened, like, exactly when I got into it. So, Lucky. I just, like, threw myself into Sailor Moon, and it was just, it, it was, oh god, I think, like, for the rest of my elementary school years, it was, like, the defining, like, aspect of my life beyond like family ballet class and school it was it was those things and sailor moon nice <laughs> that's that's pretty fantastic I, I love that that your class had an organized sailor scouts click oh that yeah is... it was intense and like nan ruled it with a ridiculous iron fist like looking back she was really kind of a sadistic eight-year-old but um <laughs> but she she was totally the one who was like you know you know uranus and neptune they're totally gay and i was like <gasps> what no you're joking and then i went online and she was right she was the person who was like you know there's this whole other season that they're like never gonna bring over and you know the manga is really different and you know she uh she was she she got me into it in a really like intense serious manner i mean again she was totally ruthless like you know if you came too late like you know you had to play like luna or you had to be like hey, you know luna tuxedo rules. mask and nobody wanted to be well yeah of course nobody would want to be tuxedo mask <laughs> So let as me, we shall see, is completely is, useless. Is Saturn still your favorite uh, scout as a result, or do you have a, a real favorite scout? Um, <laughs> I like the way you phrase that. That's well, so I meant cool. because she was railroaded into mean, being Saturn. Do you like one of the good ones, though? No, that's not what I meant. I mean, it was it was so it was so hard to be a fan of hers when I was a kid, and especially now because you know she was the only one who wasn't in any of the movies, mm -hmm. the only one who didn't have like a cool you know attack or transformation sequence, the only one who had like no merchandise i mean my poor mother like every christmas for years i'd be like mom she's the purple one with a big stick and like <laughs> short dark hair so she'd always come back with mercury yep. and i was like you know okay like i get it you know uh, you, you tried points to record but like um but saturn i don't know i in my in my old age i've come to really appreciate them all like watching crystal now and reading the manga i really like all of their on their all of them on their own merits but i can't pretend that like 
when SH Figure Arts revealed that they were going to make a figure for Saturn, I totally lost my mind. Like in a way that I didn't with anybody else. Like sure. the moment that drops, I'm going to buy like five. <laughs> Great. Uh, one last thing, I think, before we move on. I just want to say that uh, uh, Nan, your, your, mm-hmm. your school chum, uh-huh. she sounds a lot more like a Sailor Mars than a Sailor Moon. Yeah. That's... You know, in, in retrospect, she totally was. And like, I don't know, I, I think she was like, well, I'm the most popular, so I'm going to be Sailor Moon, of course. The rest of you can be whatever. I think there was a friend, there was a girl I know named Amy. She didn't even like Mercury, but of course she had to be Mercury because, you know, the name. Um, <laughs> in retrospect, the girl that ended up uh, running the Gay-Straight Alliance was Uranus, so maybe she was onto something. But um, but she, that was that was a weird time in my life. But, you know, she introduced me to the Starlights and... Uh, and and I think gave me I don't know at some point she was she was also the rich girl so she had you know all of the different Tokyo Pop exclusives and she gave me a big old long box of them that I still have so you know nice. if Nan Hogan is by any chance listening you were kind of a bitch but you also helped me out so kudos. <laughs> all right, and with that, uh, <laughs> might not have say said we, uh, both names, but all right, and dive right in. <laughs> yeah, episode two. Now, episode two, notable because right off the bat, we're already in an episode that was never translated for the original American dub. So first mm-hmm. time watching this, uh, for, uh, the first time I watched this show, this did not exist. Um, do, you, do you have any idea why? Because it's, there's nothing in this episode that's... Well, I would have... My guess would be... Um, anybody who, don't, who knows me will know how much I love Sailor Moon because I'm not going to spend this entire episode ranting about how much I hate psychics. Um, so my <laughs> guess would be that it, it, it would be the fact that it, it does take place in the Japanese culture where everybody just goes, yeah, psychics are a thing. And, and we just go to them all the time. You know, I was actually thinking about that because I, I know you. <laughs> I really uh, hate psychics. I, and I, you, know, you will occasionally go off on Twitter on this. And, and look, I am in your corner on that. The on one- the other hand, <laughs> one of our three main characters has legit psychic power. My least favorite character, though. So there you go. Do you not like Mars because she is a psychic? No, but coincidentally, I also okay. don't like her. But like, uh, look, look. One look. thing I'll say in on behalf of the Sailor Moon psychic uh, episode that we just watched um, is that the actual they have the guy in on the street who is just a, a, a fortune teller and supposedly whatever he tells fortune. Um, but then the Negaverse people who actually have legit superpowers they don't behave at all like psychics by which i mean you walk into the place and cards are flying around the room and hovering and spinning and so at least it doesn't reinforce the whole like yes that random person who is telling fortunes is real Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna try not to rant about this i'm really gonna try hard because i love Uh, sailor moon so much uh, there's another interesting deviation in that this is the first episode that does not go along with the manga right uh, you and I talked about this when when Crystal came out, uh, Jordan, and I, I and I'm curious to see as someone who uh, came to it or like the way that I did, watching it on on Cartoon Network and such, uh, that we both uh, really like that there are so many episodes at the start where it's just Usagi, uh, and then it's just Usagi and and Amy, and then it's just Usagi and Amy and Ray, whereas in the manga, Chapter Two is Mercury and Chapter Three is Mars. So, Juliet, did you? Uh, is that something that you prefer from the uh, from the anime style, where it's just yeah, like she's just going to be a superhero by herself for a little bit? <laughs> you know, I actually prefer it a lot more rewatching it now at twenty four. Like when I was a kid, you know, and after I discovered that the manga existed too, I was really tough on the anime, and I was like, oh my god, what's with all these filler episodes? And this is so boring. But I look at it, and I sort of like how 
kind of fun and slice of lifey it is. Like, I love that we have eight episodes until we get to Amy. Because it is kind of fun to me to see, you know, Usagi being, you know, a really classic superhero on her own and figuring it out and going on all these ridiculous adventures where, you know, oh, like, we have the one coming up um, where, like, you know, she gets a love letter, I think, from Tuxedo Mask. And, like, it's, it's all these, like, ridiculous teenage foibles. And I can see how when I was, like, 11 and trying really hard to be a grown-up, I was like, oh, this is dumb. I don't like it. But in retrospect, I think it's fun. And I, I you know, I know you were talking about in the, um, the last episode that, like, you know, Usagi is the one that, like, you know, she's the Buffy. She's not necessarily anybody's favorite. Except I me. totally felt that way when I was a kid, but I really don't now. I love seeing what a ridiculous crybaby she is, especially because, you know, she ascends to, like, ridiculous creation goddesshood by the end of the series (laughs) true i I like seeing her as like the huge baby that sleeps everywhere and does badly on tests and you know it's it's fun i really enjoy it i kind of wonder if that's if that's like part of growing up you know yeah where you want your like i mean look i am a dude who loves batman (laughs) i am a dude who loves the the richest most competent superhero uh the guy who is you know so good at thinking that he is on a team with superman (laughs) <laughs> uh, and I wonder if that's because, you know, you, as a kid, you, you want heroes that you idealize, uh, mm-hmm. even, you know, especially if you come to it when you're young, uh, you know, I think you, you get into like Spider-Man as a teenager, you know, the flawed characters as a teenager, because you can more identify with them. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if like, when you come to Sailor Moon, if you're just like, why, you know, she has superpowers, why isn't she better? Mm-hmm. But then when you're adult, you're you go back to it and you're like, yeah, that's what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're crawling through your classroom, sneaking in because you're late. I think that's totally true. I mean, I look back and like, I was, I don't know, it's funny because I, I never had a moment where I like spurned Sailor Moon in an effort to show how, you know, cool I was because I totally had that, that phase that you had, Chris, that you talked about in the last episode where like, I'm like, oh God, anime is garbage. Like, ugh, I'm not into this anymore. This is so dumb. I had it not after uh, reading Love Hina, but I think after... Oh god! It actually might have been on oh my goddess. No, it was Ron my half, and I actually really love Ron my half. Oh, yeah, but Ron I just was reached great. like a certain saturation point of like cutesy Rumiko Takahashi like harem anime and manga. But um, but I never stopped really loving Sailor Moon. And like I look back, and the way that I interacted with it is like a really great litmus test for where I was in life. And when I was eight or nine, like I didn't. I, I, you know, developed Saturn as a favorite character. And I mean, like, similarly, when I started watching Teen Titans, Raven was my favorite because I wanted to be, you know, cool and aloof and, you know, vaguely terrifying and have, like, the crazy goth powers. And now I look back at 24 and it's like, no, I was falling asleep in class, like, all the time and I got bad grades and I was, like, kind of a baby. I was totally Usagi. I was just in, like, tremendous denial about it. And I mean, I see that even on, like, Tumblr now. I, like, see all these, you know, older teenagers and young women and, like, below the age of, I'm going to say, like, 30 or something. And, like, people will trade, you know, panels and gifts and stuff around that are all examples of Usagi being, like, kind of a big crybaby, crybaby and being like, ha so relatable. And I'm like, man, I bet half of you ran, like, I hate Usagi. Usagi is such a dumb, like, crybaby web rings back in the day. Like, we've all just sort of collectively realized, like, no, no, that's, that's exactly where we are. That makes yeah. me and really like happy it. to hear that. I'm not going to say you're wrong if Sailor <laughs> Mars is your favorite character, but... I mean, re- re-examine your choices. That's, that's I all. Love I love Mars. I love. I didn't no. used to. And I mean, there's. You have to like make the distinction whether or not you're talking about like anime Mars, 1992 anime Mars, or manga Mars. Because yeah. I really didn't care about her in the anime, but I totally love Mars in the manga. She's so like. I just I love that she's the aloof and weird one. And there's just so many moments dedicated to like Mars. You're weird, and like you don't really do 
people well? And she's like, yeah, it's she, true. She's I don't really just care. so mean, but we will, we will get to her. We, <laughs> we'll are, get to her. we are several episodes out. Yeah, we're, um, we're in those quote-unquote filler episodes. And, and I will say also, when I rewatched the series five years ago, yeah, I, I was online at some point trying to see what other people thought of each episode because I would be talking about them so much. And yeah, I, I saw people complaining about filler episodes and I was just like, no. These are the these are the best episodes because again you just get to see the characters being themselves and having and living life and that's the best. You get a exactly. lot of character development. There's so it's so much richer. For example, this episode we get to meet I want to call him Andrew but his name is Matoki. Oh, we're look, look, we're going to get to him. Okay. I have a lot to say about that. Dude. All right. Let's let's start at the beginning. So yes. we've got uh who, who is our, uh, our our villain is uh, uh Jadeite here yeah, still. I can never. I have never been able to keep the uh, the names. Yeah, of this the, is this is Jedi. The the Dark Kingdom slash Negaverse character straight. So uh, Jedi's <laughs> walking on the street, which is which in itself is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that he's like, man, I, I really need a. I really need to think of a villainous plot. I'm just gonna take in some fresh air and see what presents <laughs> itself. Uh, he sees some uh, some people flipping out over the psychic on the street, uh, and then he like he almost winks at the camera. <laughs> Yep, <laughs> it is so it is so close to just straight up winking at the at the viewer. Uh, so that's going to provide our plot. Meanwhile, um, Usagi wakes up late for school uh, again. Uh, two episodes in a row, no toast. No. Very upsetting. That's true. That's true. But we do get uh, Usagi's alarm clock, which is a giant chicken, yep. which is amazing. It's so cute. Like to this day, I still want one of those. I, I also I think it's really funny that she has so much uh, moon rabbit stuff. Um, oh yeah, because the direct translation of her name, if you're not aware, is uh, "Rabbit of the Moon," and so it's just funny that, like, yeah, her parents named her Moon Rabbit, and they're like, "And let's just deck her entire room out in rabbits and moons. This is gonna be great." Yeah, because uh, the and that's uh, that's a uh, cultural thing as well. Uh, yeah, they see the rabbit on the moon. Unfamiliar. What we call the man of the the man in the moon in the West is is the rabbit in the moon in in the East, mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, I think I talked about this before. As a result, the uh, Tokyo Pop manga translations from the '90s just translated her name as Bunny. Made sense, which I thought was I thought was weird. <laughs> I always thought it was I thought it was really cute as a kid. I remember um, I I was briefly really confused until I found some Tokyo Pop site that you know translated her name, and I. I, I was in that period of being like, oh, the dub is terrible. I hate everything about the dub. I know that the dub is bad now. I want to let everybody know that I'm a real fan. But uh, but I, I really liked, I thought Bunny was kind of a cute compromise. Although actually, in retrospect, I kind of like Serena. Like, both I really of them, love Serena. I, that... I, I'm at peace with. Yeah, well, I like Serena because it's a real name. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's true. I do not, like, I have never met anyone named Bunny. And if your name is Bunny, I apologize. I just haven't met you yet. I knew um, a very, very rich person named Bunny once, but I think it's it's part of that world where you can be named Bitsy and Muffy and Bunny and stuff right. like that. Probably so, that's a that's a northeast thing. That's a Boston. Yeah, that's thing. true. <laughs> that's uh, true. So uh, Usagi gets to school. Uh, she commando crawls through uh, the aisles while the role is being taken, uh, and then Umino. Uh, who sucks? <laughs> is blows her cover. We actually learned his first name in this episode, which I don't think is ever used again. It's a uh, uh, Gurio. Oh, that was uh, his first name. Yeah, because uh, the that's right. The uh, if you watch the uh, the you can figure out the names from the way that uh, Miss Haruna says them. Uh, and I think it's hilarious because I always thought Umino was his first name because, of course, everybody calls Usagi Usagi. Everybody calls Naru Naru. Uh, and I'm so used to thinking of him as, you know, Melvin slash Umino. Yeah. 
that they're they're all calling him by his last name is hilarious. And, and I realize true. again that is a I feel like that's a you know none of them want to be familiar enough with him to use his first name. <laughs> <laughs> but it cracks me up that uh that it's you know like sweet good natured Yusagi is just calling this kid by his last name. So he totally has a crush on her, and he confesses yes, it that to Naru. He confe- yeah, he tells he tells Naru, and he wants to go on a date with her, and she's like, "That's never going to happen." And she, and then he gets one of the weirdest, creepiest, best lines. She says, "That'll never happen if you just ask her out." And he says, "So I should attack her out of the blue from behind?" What? <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I do not. I do not like that one bit. Why did he say that? Uh, and then she clarifies, no, she means you should go see a fortune teller. We'll not, I'm trying not to do a rant, so we're not gonna, we're gonna let that go. <laughs> I do, I do wish that uh, Naru would have said, like, oh, she's never gonna go out with you, Umino. She has a 23-year-old destined lover. On the <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, do, do you want to, do you want to do your, your Molly voice for this, Jordan? Melvin, I don't even. There's no Mel. There's, they didn't do this episode. Uh, Serena's never gonna go out with you, Melvin. <laughs> Why don't you go see a fortune teller? <laughs> uh, also, uh, Umino has made a video game that's like a dating sim that ends with him getting married to Yusagi. Yeah. He's made a self-insertion friend fiction. Like, he is he is the <laughs> Tina Belcher of uh, Juban Middle School. Yeah. And, he, uh, yeah, he, and he, it's got pictures of him and pictures of her and everything. Yeah, and it's so weird because he's like, according to this, we're going to be very happy together. And it's like, <laughs> dude, you just said you made that. <laughs> I completely forgot until rewatching this episode that he had a thing for Usagi. Like, oh, I yeah. had no memory of it whatsoever. Maybe, maybe because, like, this episode wasn't brought over in the dub, but I don't remember it being a part of the story in a big way past this. Like, I'm sure there were little moments I'm forgetting, but I think it's one of those things kind of like Umino and Naru as characters that just sort of faded away time well I, mean, I don't remember it at all it's one of the things that's sort of nice because you actually do get again i i would say in part because of episodes like this these quote-unquote filler episodes you get so much more for the small characters to do so the fact that he has a crush on her at the beginning of the show, of the show and i mean let's, i guess let's not spoil it but he ends up with somebody else it's the same with well it's the same with matoki who we will get to soon yeah let's not let's not spoil anything in a 22 year old show for babies <laughs> <laughs> but it's good but my point is that it's good because you get characters who are like oh this is a romance and it's not gonna just be well this guy likes this girl therefore they're gonna end up together it's like no they the stuff will happen yeah there, there are a lot yep. of nice uh romantic complications in this show that uh, again i think take advantage of having a much slower burn than the manga which again is not a short manga it's it's 12 uh volumes long plus Two volumes of short stories plus codename Sailor V. Uh, so I think the so, next scene does get us to Matoki, right? Oh, oh no, because yeah. Usagi goes to the fortune teller, right. who tells her uh, 100% accurately using the power of prophecy that uh, he has been granted, Jordan, uh, <laughs> uh, that there is a boy who likes her. If he had said to her, You have a great destiny as the ruler of all humanity, then maybe. <laughs> but he goes, Oh, hey, a boy likes you. I do like that. Uh, I do like that he goes, and again, this, I think, you could argue that this episode is kind of subtly, like, undercutting psychics. Yay. Because he says to her, uh, there's a boy who likes you. He's someone you see every day. 
Now, Usagi is a pretty girl with 12-foot-long blonde hair <laughs> in a schoolgirl uniform. So she goes to school. She's a pretty girl who's in a school. Anyone who likes her is going to be a classmate. Yep. Yep. It is the it is the most obvious cold read he, he could possibly it. give. Nailed it. <laughs> so she does not think of Melvin uh, or no. Umino. She thinks of uh, her good friend Motoki, who is a beautiful blonde boy who who runs the local arcade crown video game. Oh, I am ready. I am ready to talk about Motoki. Let's do it. Oh. I don't think I've ever like encountered somebody so excited or like with any passionate feelings at all towards Motoki before doing this podcast, I have to say. I, my, my biggest problem with Sailor Moon, like the thing that I really hate about it is that Motoki just goes away eventually. <laughs> like it just stops being about. <laughs> so you were team Motoki is what you're saying. You wanted her not, to get not him. Even that. Like I don't want him to end up with, with, with uh, Serena, with Yusagi. Uh, but like, in the beginning, he's a fixture of the show. Like, isn't he? Isn't he uh, Memoru's roommate? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, his 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 his, uh, his sister. Doesn't she like the waitress at like the little crown fruits parlor next door? We like only ever see her once, and then she just sort of vanishes. Yeah. Like, I at least wanted him to become like you know a a a human ally. Well, doesn't uh, he? Yeah. The senshi. I mean, like, he... not that they need it. There's there's nine of them. <laughs> I mean, he <laughs> ends up getting probably married to some doctor. Or he is yeah. a doctor. I don't remember. I mean, you look, look. Uh, does does uh, does Mina have a boyfriend? That's all. That's all. I'm saying. <laughs> he's too anyway, old for her. I again, he's out of high school. Yeah, look, like, again, he's Memory's roommate. <laughs> oh no. So, all right, all right. You draw your conclusions. Like, what what <laughs> lo- are we going to operate on the logic of the show here? So, he so is, they get to flirt for a minute. And well, then here's he sh- what I love about Matoki. Oh, here's please. what I love about Matoki. Uh, watching in this episode, and again, you, you talked about how this episode is not uh, was never brought over for the dub. So this right. was the first time I had seen it when I, I watched it on Hulu. This motherfucker shows up for his job at the arcade in a three-piece suit. <laughs> he is rocking a suit with a vest to go work at the arcade. Where he has to wear an apron. Yeah, he puts an apron on over it, right? Yeah. That is the ballerest thing <laughs> I have ever seen in He's my life. He's classy, man. Well, he has a skewed idea of fashion because he lives with Mamoru in his purple <laughs> pants and green blazer. He thinks that's normal. You can't blame him. I just, I, I love, like, it, I love Motoki. Like, because we never learn anything about him. But so, that's so not all true we either. have to go on. We learn more about him. Not really, though. All we have to go on is how he presents himself in the show. And it's like, well, I guess this dude has a job at the arcade to afford his fine clothing. (laughs) (sighs) Well, Uh, he helps out uh, Usagi with a difficult part of the Sailor V video game, Uh, a video game that is based on a superhero who exists in the real world, which is awesome, uh, that in the manga was placed in the arcade by uh, Luna and Luna's mysterious boss. Uh, in order to help uh, Minako train, because the more Minako plays the game, the better she gets at being Sailor V in real life. That's hilarious. I forgot. Yeah, that's that. from Codename Sailor V. <laughs> um, we get and so speaking of, of of Luna, we do get so while they're playing the video game, Luna shows up to to harass uh, Serena, aka Usagi, and we get this adorable moment where <laughs> Luna <laughs> bites her sleeve and won't let go until she agrees to leave the arcade. 
which I love. I love Luna. I, those are, again, my two favorite characters are Yusagi and Luna. So episodes with just them interacting, that's where, what I'm all about. Yeah, um, Luna, Luna harassing Yusagi into being a more responsible teen <laughs> is, is pretty great. It is pretty great. It is pretty great. And I, I, so I, I, we didn't, I don't think we talked about this. Uh, I, I, last episode we talked about how to me, Luna is always going to be British. I looked it up online and apparently that was kind of controversial as well. Um, because, uh, because it made her seem like she's like an older person to, to Serena, that, that she's like an, uh, you know, a nanny or something rather than apparently the feel that they, they went for in the original version in the, in the, in, in the Japanese version, if you, can like get a good sense of the voices is that it's much more of a like a kid sister almost who is bugging her and i was like oh that's weird so i'm trying to like open my mind to that when i'm watching this but it's really difficult i still think of her as uh, you know yeah i always i always see like luna as fulfilling more of a motherly role oh yeah because like the the sisterly roles would seem to come from amy and and uh uh ray yeah. Who are like way more mature than in in ways than uh than Usagi is. I mean, I said in ways, but like in all ways, in every <laughs> single possible way. Uh, I know um, when I first like encountered her Japanese voice, I don't even remember when, but um I that shift in dynamic like really weirded me out at first because I totally did think of her as kind of like a motherly nanny-ish character and like when I saw her again, like it, exactly like more in a sisterly role, I'm like, what's the point? Like she's supposed to be the irritated nanny. Although it did also freak me out when, uh, when we see her human form later on and she was, you know, a vivacious young woman in like a cute outfit. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Cause I, I've been picturing her. Oh, you, I did not know me. that. I did not know that there is a human form Luna. What? Oh, oh yes. Have you never seen is. the movie? And it's really cute. No, I've ne- like, uh, I was going to save this to, to when we got to him, but I've never seen the movies. Oh my gosh. I've never seen past, honestly, I, I, I guess it's Sailor Moon R. Oh my, oh my God. That's well, two like seasons other- of like five. Yeah. I've the, never the seen, I've never seen past them. Yeah, I've never seen the outer senshi. So we're, oh, we're, th- this podcast just got way better. <laughs> yeah, no, that's one of the reasons I'm so super excited. <laughs> oh, this is to be best. doing this podcast. And, and like that, I was so excited to, uh, to like that it was coming out on hulu and they were going to put all 200 episodes up because like seriously imagine that there is an indiana jones movie you've never seen technically there there is is an indiana jones movie i've never seen me too (laughs) (laughs) well i know um well it that that really weirded me out when i first saw it because i if you'd asked me beforehand to like picture a human luna i would have said like well i don't know chris what would you what would you picture a human luna as like right now i mean just like straight up angela lansbury Wow. Exactly. That's like, what I was picturing. Like, uh, and she's not. I think I would Fletcher. go probably a little bit more Mary Poppins. So she'd end up a little bit younger than Angela Lansbury, but still. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you're in the you're in the ballpark. Yeah. 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 Uh so yeah, I that's exciting. Okay, that well exciting. sorry, we didn't mean to spoil that for you. That's no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> look, look, I'm the one doing the podcast every week. <laughs> it's on me. <laughs> so uh, let's see, where were we? Uh, uh, well, Yusagi leaves the arcade and uh, immediately throws her shoe at Memory <laughs> by accident. I love it. Uh, he tells her that if she doesn't act more ladylike, she'll never get a boyfriend, which is a harsh thing for your destined moon lover to tell you on the street. Well, don't throw shoes. <laughs> I mean, yes, you should not throw shoes. I mean, she literally th- you and you 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 just throw out. She throws shoes. She's throwing her shoe to flip her shoe to decide her fate. She's going, I would flip a coin, but I guess I don't have a coin. I'm going to flip my shoe. Yeah. 
and again, this, I'm perfectly fine with this because Usagi is a silly kid. Oh, yeah. But, like, and then her future boyfriend, <laughs> who is much older, uh, depending on your source material, uh, tell, like, shows up and says, is mad at her for being such a silly kid. <laughs> Well, like, well, and I mean, mostly because he got hit in the head with a shoe. All right, so so that happened. That was fun. Uh, uh, Umino goes to the psychics, mm-hmm. and uh, they have their magic tarot cards that are flying around and uh, go into his body and turn him into a pickup artist. He becomes a servant of the devil, if I remember correctly. I yes, that is correct. <laughs> because it's a devil card that possesses him, and she even says, "Like you're you are, you are a, servant a charming of- servant of the devil." <laughs> You may do now whatever you, you desire. <laughs> and so he shows up at school uh, in, a, in a suit, which you're not allowed to do because they have school uniforms. And he's uh, trying to woo Serena. Uh, Usagi, sorry. Uh, and the teacher comes up and goes, what are you doing? You're not allowed to wear, dress like that. And he's like, I'll dress however I like. Starts eating a roll. I guess something you're not allowed to do also. And then flips up the teacher's skirt, exposing her underwear to everyone. To which she replies, no one will ever marry me now. <laughs> yeah, I think that might be why this episode was never brought over in retrospect. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember um, that was like the weirdest. It's a, it's a strange little like convention to Suzon, but I read enough shonen manga, like below the age of 12, that I saw like that as a consistent joke. Like, haha, flipping the skirt up. Like I was, um, I was watching Yu Yu Hakusho for the first time a few months ago. And like that happens in one of the first few episodes, like the, you know, the love interest, the bickery cutie love interest, like, comes in, and, like, the hero, like, flips up her skirt to, you know, kind of tease her. And I remember thinking as a kid, like, that's weird. That's, is that romantic? Is it, like, teasy? Because I was like, that seems like it goes too far. And, like, I remember um, when I first watched, there was, there was some, I can't remember now, but there was some manga where, like, somebody did it to the teacher as well in a similar scene. I remember thinking, like, does detention not exist in Japan? Yeah. Like, suspension? Referral? Like, what what happens here? But it's, it's, I find it really interesting to see, like, what, I don't know, different comedy tropes in, like, 90s anime, because I feel like I don't even see that in anime that's coming out now. In the same way that you don't see the, like, you know, people bringing out a giant hammer or fan to, like, smack the hero on the head anymore. And, on the one hand, it's a terrible thing to do. On the other hand, I'm a little bit nostalgic for it. <laughs> But I mean, I'm I'm way more pro anvil than I am pro uh, weird exposing of teachers. Well, because it's a weird sexist thing where it's like, yeah, he doesn't get detention. Instead, the teacher is like, everyone will judge me now yeah, the, that he has flipped up my my skirt. Like if you watch the the mystery science theater uh, episodes uh, where they watch where they watch the uh, the weird Japanese movies like the the Prince of Space and, and the other one. There's like a running gag about about shame. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. just like I feel shame. And it's yeah. like, that, but that is exactly what Haruna does. Uh, she also has a smiley face on her underwear. That is true, which I think is weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, also, also, uh, Umino, another three piece suit. Yeah. Like again. <laughs> Full vest and necktie. Motoki was not wearing a necktie. Umino goes necktie on mm-hmm. it. Uh, Haruna's weird reaction to all this is one of those things. I, I'm actually really kind of fascinated by Haruna as a character because she's obviously you know older than the kids and she's obviously an authority figure. But much like uh, Usagi's mom, she seems really young. Yeah. Like yeah. 
like Usagi's mom actually I think seems more like an older sister than Luna does especially in that first episode where she literally like throws her out of the house for having a bad grade and tells her she doesn't deserve to live there yeah. but like uh, Haruna in this episode and especially the next uh, comes off as really uh, immature in the way that um, even the, the teachers in uh, uh, like Azumanga.io come off as, as kind of young and immature. Like she bursts into tears in this scene in the same way as Usagi. Uh, she says, you know, no one will ever marry me now, which is a, a huge, bizarre overreaction. And then the next episode, she's like staying up late to listen to the radio and writing love letters. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, Umino is uh, is a real scumbag. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he's a servant of the devil. It's not his fault. He doesn't remember later. Well, well, she says he's a servant of the devil, and also that he's going to do whatever he wants. So that makes mm. me feel like, oh yeah, if Umino was not constrained by society, he would just be a dick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he he ends up kind of leading a mob around a little bit, a little mob of boys. They're throwing bricks through windows and stuff and getting again not getting in any trouble oddly enough uh people are way more scared of them than they are concerned with uh disciplining them um what happens then well i mean to be to be fair they're glowing <laughs> that is also <laughs> like, true i would be terrified of a bunch of glowing school hooligans too <laughs> what, what I'm, I'm trying to remember what happens next oh she she figures it out so uh usagi figures it out she she realizes oh he went to this house of uh, house of the house of fortune. Is that what it's called? Yes. He went to the house of fortune, and when he came back, he's been all crazy. Uh, that must be what's going on. Let's go there. Um, so they, so her and Luna go there. Uh, awesome moment where she tries to convince Luna to give her a new, uh, new weapon, and Luna's like, "Don't push it." <laughs> See, those those are the kind of moments that, like, I think made us all be like, "Oh, Usagi," and then ten years later, be like, "Oh yeah." Yeah. yeah, that's that's the way to be. Yeah, I would want a new weapon. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so she goes to the fortune place. Uh, Melvin is there with his gang of thugs, and they're all possessed, and uh, they all attack her. Uh, well, she first she transforms first. She goes in as Sailor Moon. They all attack her. And um, speaking of uh, your favorite character, Tuxedo Mask, uh, Tuxedo Mask does a real weird thing in that he throws uh, a rose when the 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 boys are all about to attack her so he distracts the monster so the boys freeze uh, and then he just ditches he's like cool saved you for a sec i'm sure you could deal with this i'm out, no, 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 out. i wouldn't say that he ditches he shows up he offers moral support and then he leaves and i think that's really cute i can't even pretend like i i totally forgot until i started rewatching um the 1992 anime but like I remembered as a kid him doing more. Like, I don't know, like, uh, like if, if you'd asked me beforehand, before I started rewatching it, you know, what he does, I'm like, oh, he, like, shows up and uh, he, like, kicks somebody and then he leaves. He totally doesn't. He shows up, he says something along the lines of, like, you can do it, girls, I believe in you. And they're like, you're right, we can, <laughs> yeah. thanks. And then he leaves. And they're like, oh, my goodness, newly bolstered by, like, the knowledge of our, our own... Uh, fortitude. We're gonna take you guys out for real. And you know, when I was a kid, I think I thought it was a little bit ridiculous. But in retrospect, I'm like, oh, that's kind of adorable and fun, actually. This, this might be a little heavy for this discussion, uh -oh. but it's this it's this really weird gender politics <laughs> idea where I don't want Tuxedo Mask to save Sailor Moon. Uh, like that's you know, I, I complain about him not you know showing up and just not doing anything, uh, but. 
Like I don't I don't want him to show up and save Sailor Moon. I, I want Sailor Moon to, you know, to be the hero and, and save herself. So on one level, I'm kind of okay with him showing up and not doing anything. On another level, I'm not really okay with Usagi's superpower being that she got validated by a man. <laughs> like, oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't read it that yeah. way though. I think um especially because then like when it really matters, when you have like the big you know, final fights. I mean, I won't go into detail because I know you haven't seen them now. But um, in all the like big climactic moments of the anime and manga, it's never like a you know, oh, I had to like save you, otherwise you would never have been able to done it without me. Like they're a very good model for a relationship, I think, because in most episodes like this, it's it's not like a oh, you know, here I am to save the day through you. It's more like a hey, Usagi. I know you can do this, which everybody has moments like that. And then she's like, oh, you're right, I can. Like, when I was a kid, I didn't remember the day as being saved through the actions of Tuxedo Mask. I remembered it as being saved through the actions of Sailor Moon and her friends. And, like, right. later on, played out on, like, a bigger stage when they're facing off against, you know, Beryl or Pharaoh 90 or Galaxia later on. Like, usually, or in the movies, there'll be, like, a dramatic moment of, like, you know... Like, Mamoru, who's, like, maybe Prince Endymion-ified at that point, you know, will, like, clasp her hand dramatically and be like, Usako, I know you can do this. Through our love, we can be stronger, you know, and I'll, I'll be here for you. And then she goes, but she's totally the one that, like, actually takes down the bad guys. It's just, you know, she did it with the help of her friends and her, you know, destined moon lover. To me, as a kid, there was a really clear, like, line drawn between how... Sailor Moon and Tuxedo Mask, like, functioned as a relationship and how, like, you know, uh, dudes figured into, like, Sleeping Beauty, where it's really explicitly like, oh, here I am saving you. And here it's more like, he's, he's, he's so explicitly the sidekick to me. Oh, yeah. He's so, like, very much the, like, oh, you guys do the cool stuff and, like, actually handle the day saving, but I'm here to, like, cheer you on, girl. He's totally the cheerleader. That's how I always processed it as a kid, and that's, that's how I still see it. And I think it's actually pretty solid on that front I'm, i mean i'm on board for all of that it just it just seems crazy to me that he leaves completely like i think he would be like you can do it but i'll just stay and watch to make sure like if you need anything let me know like he just is gone in the first episode he has the same function but he doesn't leave until after she kills the monster and then he's like cool well done i'm out <laughs> i just think he should probably stick around because she might be like hey do, do me a favor my know. main problem is that I feel like you could completely cut Tuxedo Mask out of these first twenty episodes and lose. It's totally nothing. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's only there. He's only there so that you don't. So that you know why this guy is being a jerk to Usagi on the street. So well, you can no. Kind of nudge, nudge <laughs> you and go like, "Don't worry." No, because he doesn't know. That's the thing. Now I, I I'm a little that fuzzy is, on this, and I'll well, I mean, and I have to remember. Know, but we know. No, no, I, I I get that, but I'm also kind of going sitting here going like I can't remember how much. Tuxedo Mask knows because I vaguely remember. Doesn't he know different things and different? I don't know. He because he's real comfortable. Basically, what I'm saying is he's real comfortable with just leaving it to her. Uh, uh, and so it, it makes me wonder: Does he know? Like, oh yeah, I know who Sailor Moon is. I know what the deal is with that. Or is he just like, oh, they're the ones who I'm ostensibly fighting against? Uh, she'll handle it. Like, <laughs> I honestly can't remember at yeah, this point because there's there's so many different versions, and I I think it's like. I think he's like getting dreams of Princess Serenity and he has this vague notion that he has to, you know, has to go out and find the crystal and everything. But I don't think at this point that he knows who they are. I okay. could be wrong. My, my, now the last note that I have on this episode is that, uh, so I mean, uh, okay, from there, what happens is obviously she uses her tiara again, as always, and turns the monster to dust, turns the monster to dust. But it also, 
the monster turns to dust and the little card falls. And I was like, oh, I wonder if this is related to Cardians. Spoiler for next season. It, oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I was like, is that a Cardian? Did he use a Cardian on her? <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, and then the, episode, the end of the episode is uh, Melvin finds out all the things he did. Umino finds out all the things he did. And he's horribly embarrassed. And we get a freeze frame of, of Yusagi tripping into the camera. <laughs> Falling on her face. <laughs> which is... <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I, I love I love that. I love it so much. Like, hey, don't worry. She's still a goofball. <laughs> oh, uh, you know what? Another thing that's new about this episode is that uh, and, and continues from here on, from what I recall, is that at the beginning of every episode, you get a little preview of the episode that you're about to watch, which seems a little unnecessary. But there you are. They give you like a little like 30 second thing of. Oh, guys acting like jerks and cars and it's all flying around. By yeah. Usagi, too, right. Which yeah. is the best. <laughs> She's is. always like, you know, fortune telling shouldn't make you act like a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> she lays out a problem that she is going to solve. <laughs> fortune telling shouldn't make you act like a jerk. It's true. Uh, so with that, we are at the end of uh, Punishment Awaits. The House of Fortune is the Monster Mansion. Uh, I would say this is. This is probably one of my favorite episodes, to be honest with wow. you. I, I, it's really, really fun. Uh, I am, uh, li- like like you, I am partial to the uh, Usagi as a solo hero episodes. Uh, and this one is just like, I think it's, like, even with the weird, uh, the weird, like, sexist stuff that goes on, <laughs> I, I am always partial to the, uh, the, you know, good character is, like, goes evil but not evil just kind of a scumbag right yeah like i even like those episodes of smallville red kryptonite that's exactly what came to mind scumbag. that is exactly what came to mind when you said that i immediately yeah. thought of red but kryptonite those I, th- I feel like is because tom welling is actually enjoying himself yep. Yep. <laughs> uh but yeah like i i would say this is uh, uh i mean i know we've only watched two but this is going to be my favorite for a while um probably <laughs> until we get to you know at least until we get to amy wow all right so uh, one thing. Oh, please. Oh, just one thing that I'm I'm curious for your thoughts about, and that I was thinking about, and I totally thought about this when I was a kid, but it really interests me now rewatching it. Uh, so we have a Sailor V game, and we have her in the newspaper. Where do we think like that goes later on in the series? Like as the Senshi become a more and more like obvious force in the world that people know about, like, do, and, and it's like mentioned a little bit in the manga. I can't remember in the anime, but like, there's this one side story that Takeuchi did where like. It's it's all um it's like in the third or fourth arc. Uh, Hotaru and Chibiusa go like to a pawn shop, and they go with two of uh, Chibiusa's friends who are supposed to be these like really ridiculous valley girls. Um, and they're really into Sailor Moon and her friends, and they're talking to Hotaru and Chibiusa, and they're like, "This pawn shop is where you can buy all of the exclusive figures." And like, oh my god, look at this like amazing Mercury cosplay they have on sale! Holy crap! And I remember what I thought was super weird is that um they show like this crowd of otaku like looking at all the exclusive figures and they're like oh wow and this was probably just a fourth wall breaking joke but i read way too much into it they're like look at this like exclusive like shingo and like ikuko figure and i'm like wait that's just usagi's family (laughs) and i just where, where do we think that like goes over the course of the series like you know are there like sailor moon lunchboxes and like you know, Halloween costumes everywhere. There or must what? be. There must be. I, I I vaguely remember things like that where they joke about Sailor Moon being popular. I don't. I don't remember if they ever have a video game. Although, why not? They're, they should. 
And that would be yeah. funny to see Yusaki being terrible at it. Because <laughs> I'm I really, sure she would. I really like that, that Sailor V is famous. Like yeah. Sailor yeah. V is a well-known crime fighter uh, who's in the paper. There are licensed products bearing her likeness. Uh, but meanwhile, Sailor Moon, like at the end of that first episode, everybody's like, what a weird dream. A girl <laughs> in a sailor outfit saved us all from a monster. It's like... At the very least, you'd think they'd be like, oh yeah, that was Sailor V. I didn't know she took her mask off and did her hair differently this time. Uh, which is, again, that's a super weird thing to leave into this anime yeah. when there is no like accompanying Sailor V story. <laughs> like In the manga, you at least have the Sailor V, uh, uh, the codename Sailor V stuff going on. Uh, right. Here, it's just so weird that like, oh yeah, you know, Sailor V is around, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I really love, in retrospect, as an adult, that like, they really don't try to make all this fit into any kind of like realistic framework. Like there's um there's an episode way, way later on. I can't remember what season, but uh there's like paparazzi after them, and there's this this one photographer. It's the one actually that the um the the moon anime makeup project just redid. Which and, is amazing. Um, if if any of our yeah. listeners haven't seen that, it's fantastic. And it's all about like, oh is. my goodness, oh the sense you're fighting, this is an exclusive. I'm gonna put it on the cover of this like tacky local tabloid. So like I love that it makes no sense. Like, none of them wear masks. That should be like on the front page, and everybody should be like, wow, that's like Usagi Tsukino's exact friend group. Like, that's them <laughs> hanging around. Those girls who are always walking around, that's totally them. Or like, you know, if if this is licensed, like, how do people not know? How do people I mean, to say nothing of the fact that the series ends with the implication that, like, Usagi leads some kind of new world order as the, like, immortal goddess of light and goodness. Like, it makes no sense, and I love that it totally doesn't even try. It's like, yeah, no, totally. Like, in the vague, like, future, 20 years from now, everybody is just totally cool with living under, like, this global monarchy. Uh, and yeah, no, nobody can tell who they are, and, like, nobody realizes for most of the first season that the, like, princess they're all looking for happens to have the exact same hairstyle as Sailor Moon. You know, whatever. She she happens to be the guardian of, you know, the moon where we all came from and, and the princess is in charge of, but whatever. No big. We'll figure it out eventually. I It kind of bothered me a little bit as a kid. I totally had those moments, and I think everybody did, of, like, how do you not realize the moon princess is Usagi? How oh, do yeah. you not get this? But as an adult, it's like, yeah, whatever. That's fine. It's It's a nice break from, like, a lot of, I don't know, the way that the comic books work now, the way that a lot of adaptations work now, I love that it doesn't even try to make it legitimately, like, plausible at all. I would ask... The same kids uh, who, when uh, when a little girl shows up with future technology <laughs> and goes, yeah, my name's Little Usagi, uh, <laughs> and my mom does her hair just like your friend Usagi, yeah. uh, and P.S. I'm from the future, <laughs> and I'm going to live with you now. Nobody goes, hey, are you our daughter from the future? <laughs> <laughs> weirdo i mean i was definitely aggravated by how dumb they were about the whole moon princess thing that being said i would i would ask if anybody was fooled except it's complicated by the fact that the american dub ruined that entire thing by putting in like a five minute introduction to the first episode where they're like a long time ago there was a kingdom on the moon and there was a moon princess and her and like so they just yeah. kind of go oh you've spoiled all that okay <laughs> that's fine i guess <laughs> you don't think we could handle just a girl becoming a superhero all right fine okay so uh now it's time for my favorite segment of the show sailor moon says where we <laughs> talk about what we learned from this episode uh jordan did you take away any life lessons from this one uh well i mean i want to say that it taught me that that psychics were evil but i did already know that so <laughs> so julia <laughs> 
Um, I learned that the best place to pick up dudes is the arcade. That, that is that is true, though. <laughs> that yeah. is 100% true. I learned that if you uh, are being a raging jerk uh, and and uh, treating women like objects, eventually someone is going to show up and vaporize you. <laughs> <laughs> so don't do that, even if you're a servant of the devil. <laughs> true. Uh, Sailor Moon says. Sailor Moon says. <laughs> And that brings us to the end of uh, Sailor Business Episode 2. Juliet, you're going to stick around for next week's episode as well, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Where we will be watching uh, The Mysterious Sleeping Sickness, Protect the Girls in Love. I love that title. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all all these titles are fantastic. Uh, Juliet, where can we find you online? Uh, well, I write a lot for Comics Alliance, and I'm on Twitter and Tumblr and basically everywhere under the username Printit. P-R-Y-N-N-E-T-T-E. And, and that's pretty much it. And uh, Jordan, you are, of course, at Crackshot with a zero instead of an O. Correct. And you are at the ISB, which I know stands for the Invincible Superbug. That is correct. Uh, please follow us on Twitter. Check us out at, uh, what, is the, what is the URL for our site? Oh, it's uh, wax-work.com slash sailor slash. Uh, and if you go to that site, you can actually see the background that Jordan made for his uh, 90s Sailor Moon fan page. Mm-hmm. Oh figured... my god, is that what I'm looking at? Yes. Because yes. I'm, I'm noticing, you know, that, that it definitely has that look with the uh, the fluorescent teal and fuchsia of a certain kind of Geocities page. page. But that background is really taking me back. That background, I, uh, I, I, I used that one for the main Sailor Moon page. And then for each scout, there would just be just their symbol. Uh, oh. uh, and there is also a picture of uh, Jordan as Usagi and me as Luna uh, <laughs> on that page. So go check that out and uh, follow us. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we will be back next week. Until then, keep your mind on sailor business. Sailor.